What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 374. My name's Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. And as always, I'm joined by Ron and John. How are you guys doing? Good. Good, good, good. No, good. seriously, good. It's it's, That's good. it's good to see you. I'm, I'm sorry we missed the week. I had like a super stress. It's been like this last couple weeks. I'm gearing up to get in creative mode again, and and it just requires a lot of me. You know, yeah. it's just, it's life, man. Yeah, it's just like we step into something creative, and you don't want anything else to be compromised. So I had to like just take some some time. You to put your foot down and say, "Hey, guys, yeah, this week it's not happening, but next week we're doing it." No, next week, which is we this week, which is today. Weird. We're at it. And Steve and I both were probably, we were reserving the right to put our foot down this week and postpone it another week just as a power play. <laughs> yeah. But, just like... um, we don't want to fall behind. You know, we, 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 there's other, there's too much uh, television and, and movies to talk about. So yeah. we got yeah. to do an episode. Yeah, oh so Unfortunately, much. we had to do an episode. So here we are. But, you know, speaking of wallets, I'm keeping that in my wallet. Yeah. Uh, like that card that I'll pull out, like, hey guys, this week is just not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and people listening won't get that because the wallet talk won't be on this episode, but it'll be fun for us to know and them not. Yes. Um, so yeah, this week we're going to go through required viewing, which was my pick from, uh, two weeks ago, which was, uh, the Netflix movie, I see you, which we'll talk about just in a moment. And then, mm -hmm. uh, since it wrapped up this week, we figured we'd talk a bit about the most recent season of the Mandalorian, uh, the star Wars series on Disney plus, and I guess just a general, talk around the state of star wars since they had the uh you know star wars uh, celebration convention recently yeah and uh then we'll probably just talk about some other random things that we've seen like we always do yeah um but just to jump into required viewing again i see you it's on netflix this is a movie that it popped up it's one of those things like i mentioned before movie that came out a few years back and no one knows about it no one's ever heard of it maybe it popped up onto a radar for someone but it's one of those things where netflix gets it and uh you know it cracks top 10 top five top three of their movie charts which is just like a kind of crazy feat um but it's just that kind of thing where either there's a there's an actor or actress in it or just the type of movie it is the genre it is there's just a there's like just this appetite for these kinds of movies on netflix with the subscriber base that they have worldwide that just in some form or fashion make these movies a kind of hit in the streaming world, even if it's for a moment. Um, Cause I think by the time we're recording this, I don't know that it's still in the top 10, but, um, but that creepy little thumbnail, even before you right. made us watch this, right. Um, uh, that creepy it. little thumbnail got my interest, you know? And when I saw the, the, Oh, it's the movie that, cause I had seen the trailer come up at the end of, of something I watched that said, maybe you'll like this. So it's yeah. like, it was all coming together that I was probably going to watch this anyway. But when you mentioned it, I'd like, it, I had sort of forgotten that it had the name. I see yeah. you. I'd forgotten yeah. what, what service it was on. And I certainly didn't really remember who was in it or the fact that it came out in uh, like, it, it's from a few years ago, right? I think. Yeah. 2019. Yeah, so I mean, somehow it slipped past me um, in its initial <clears throat> release too, even though it seems like the kind of thing I would have heard about. Yeah, and it's yeah. and funny enough, like this week, even I looked at it like just to kind of glance to see if it was still in the chart. And I, I don't think it's in the top 10 still, but like now the, the movie of the moment that is the exact same thing that this movie was is I don't know if you, do you guys remember that movie, The Snowman. Yes. The Michael Fassbender movie that just was like the biggest bomb. Yeah. Uh, so that's like, 
Don't that, tell that's me like number, It's like number one on the movie chart right now. I mean, movie that movie that is we... like this close to being a camp classic, you know, but it's yeah. all, it's it's not quite. It's like it's still a little too much, just a bad... It's just funny that... A bad thriller. Yeah. Remember, w- w- wasn't it that they didn't shoot like 15% of the script like, or something like that? Yeah, like like a fifth of the script didn't get shot. Yeah. And then they went and made the... They edited together. And they edited something together. Their thriller out of that. Yeah, It's no, that, crazy. Yeah. I remember seeing the screening of that in theaters and just being like, what the... F- is happening yeah and that's number one that's just right now right now and i'm not saying that as any kind of like talk of of quality i'm just saying that you know like same thing it's got like it's got a cast of recognizable names you know or the genre mystery it's kind of memeable and people took exactly the 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 tagline from the trailer and everything became a little bit of a meme you know the whole like the the line about netflix knows what they're doing clues like officer and all that stuff they drop these things and they target and they and they market and they you know, al- al- algorithm not al- algorithmize or whatever. Uh, I, feel, like that I feel like you you you, <laughs> you present this information to trigger me because I'm triggered. I'm super triggered now by this. <laughs> yeah. Well, since you're triggered, I guess why don't you tell me what you thought about I see you? You can start. Yeah, man. There's there's a saying uh, that bothers the shit out of me. There's nothing new under the sun. Whoever said that is a stupid person that has a very limited range of of adventures. Every like I feels like the last couple years I've been seeing these cool, really interesting takes on the genre. I don't know if I consider this horror so much as suspense and yeah, thrillerish. Yeah, but it it's one of those movies like Barbarian. You watch it, you think it's one thing, and then holy geez, boy is it weirder and creepier than. And then within that, another twist. So it's like it's a strangely interesting movie. I had so much fun watching it. I did not think that I would. And I wound up like really being satisfied with it, really feeling like it's strange. Like I kind of wish that the mask meant more. Like if it was like a right. Yeah. Now that I see what it was, it's 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 lost it. But like it's so iconic in my head, like seeing that kind of under the bed yeah. under the bed oh god man like i had so much fun watching it and seeing the perspectives of what was happening they took everything you saw and then showed it from a different angle i'm like this is what i wanted that's good (laughs) yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i i mean i'll say i i did too i mean i need to kind of keep it going i don't know where john falls on it but i just feel like I think it's just like a very low expectation, very easy commitment. Again, one of these things where you're talking about an hour and a half, maybe, you know, barely 90 minutes. Um, But just a kind of like kind of quick thriller, you know, and I do like like you were mentioning, Ronald, um, you know, while I think there's obviously a lot of portions of the movie where there's like, I don't know, so much plot holes, but just like plot missing from the story. Yeah. Um, And, you know, with a lack of real like, with with a lack of like a real character presence otherwise i feel like that that lack of plot kind of hurts a little bit but i mean that was standing i think in general this is the kind of movie that i would definitely just recommend anybody that would be okay with just like a very entertaining just kind of standard thriller um i i too like the kind of like shift in perspective of and you know, just to kind of maybe not give away the twist i don't know if anybody's gonna find it on i generally think we talk about these these yeah. required viewings as though everyone's watched them. So I, I would say yeah. you can ba- you can walk up to whatever twist you want to talk about, but yeah. you don't have to reveal everything. Right, There's no right. way to reveal this, everything this, about this, this movie. This one's got a few of them in it that I, I yeah. feel like are kind of best if you 
maybe were holding tight to see how we felt about it before you commit it. You know, I, I would say, you know, it was something that I'm glad I watched. And I think it is something that where I think there's like a lot of really cool, uh, promising things in the movie. Like I was trying to read about the filmmaker. Uh, I think his name is Adam Randall mm. uh, to see if he had anything else coming up like anytime soon. And it really there's nothing on his IMDb that is any kind of exciting, which mm. is kind of a bummer because I think some of the way the movie shot is really cool. Like I loved like some of the shot. There's a couple shots like from across the street of the house where it kind of moves into the, to the, to the garage just kind of, you know, we talk a lot about those like creepy shots where you kind of are looking around for something like, am I supposed to see something in this shot? Yeah. You know, and you're kind of like surveying the windows of the house and like, you know, what am I missing? And you, then you start to just question, wait, did I see something or like, did I miss it? But, um, you know, I think the cast is great. I really like the guy Owen Teague, who I mentioned last time. Most people probably know him from like the it, the most recent it movies. Um, and uh, I, I think of him as bloodline. bloodline. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I mean, I thought he was really good in this and I think I, I like seeing him in most things. He doesn't, hasn't really done a ton, but, um, he's just kind of one of those actors that you kind of, uh, I, I don't think he's like him, but he, he kind of has a bit of like a magnetism like, like Adam driver has. Um, that I kind of vibe on, especially when I, when I saw him on Bloodline. I could see but, that totally. Um, I don't know. I thought this movie was really fun, like and just yeah, a pretty solid fun. little mean thriller. And I liked, I liked kind of like, and I think that some of those leaps that I'm talking about, like it kind of happens quickly. But again, I'm talking, you know, I'm telling you, this is a ninety-some minute movie, so you know, there there's some there's some leaps that you have to just go with, um, and maybe not 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 pick apart too much because i think otherwise i think i think it's pretty it's pretty easy to watch and pretty easy to enjoy yeah i mean i guess i'll sort of uh third the the general uh thumbs up for this um although we don't want to get slapped with a cease and desist by uh the ebert estate we'll stick to our grading <laughs> system i'll say this is a go ahead uh, for all three of us however mm-hmm. i will say that just because you kind of alluded to it steve it's worth kind of mentioning that if this type of movie has a pitfall it is that fact that when you exist in a kind of puzzle structure yeah, that does resist your investment in a particular character. And, and you might spend the first 20, 30 minutes of a movie like this thinking, is this just really dry? Why am I not hooking <laughs> into these characters? Did I miss something? These scenes aren't really landing with me. Right. What's <laughs> going on here. And then when you start to see the, the altering perspective come in, you realize, Oh, those scenes were constructed the way they were. So, you know, to, in order to set you up for an answer later or a reveal that could yeah. then allow you to sort of be a little kind of what you said, Ron, a little creeped out, but then also a little bit less creeped out because you now understand what's going on more. But right. they do keep adding elements and adding surprises, sort of, I guess, would be the word for it up until the end. Twists might be a strong word for what we're getting. It's not like the story sure. takes that many hairpin yeah. turns out of what you think it is. It's just that I would say there's one maybe twist in the middle, which is that you do get the other perspective of yeah. what you've been witnessing. And I think from that moment, there is a sort of interest level that makes me makes my estimation of the other stuff that before that go up because I'm like, oh, I, I now get why the conversation right. between the father and the son was like this and why the um, you know, the, the Helen uh, Hunt character. I think that might be one of the, not so much weak spots, but I feel like if her character were a little bit more engaging or maybe maybe the puzzle structure keeps her so at, in the dark that she really is just there to serve a purpose in some scenes, but she was a sort of dry character that I think could have been a more 
magnetic part of the story or something because it did turn out when we're introduced in the middle to these other two characters they're a little bit more lively and interesting than the family we've been spending time with right and right. i think that is again that might be a, a feature not a bug but it is a it is a risky thing to have a movie that's going to leave you relatively confused and kind of like you said steve sort of without characters to glom onto for the first chunk of time before you start to get into the, like what's really happening and then i liked the the stuff after that they hit that little pitch of like here's a here's a creepy idea this whole idea i won't spoil it i guess maybe this is the thing from the real world i don't know if in the real world they call it frogging or not uh if this idea just comes from it feels like something that came from a creepypasta or something like that yeah but this idea of um, you know, uh, I won't go into what it is, but I'll say that that, <laughs> that practice, I felt like that whole idea that it, there's it's a real there's thing, a, yeah, that there's yeah. like a YouTube clip that then yeah. so, sets you up for the horror of what you're going to see or the thrills of what you're going to yeah. see. I thought right, that was a right. really good use of that sort of thing that could be creepy in the real world, which is you might watch a clip online that you're like, Am I watching something? Is this a short film someone made or is this real or is this creepy, you know? Um, so, yeah, I thought it was I thought I think I kind of go in that line of what you guys said. It was enjoyable. It was the, if it missed anything, it was that idea that I came out of it with these clear characters that I really cared about at the end. The characters did sort of feel like chess pieces that needed to serve a purpose for the for the puzzle structure to work. But it yeah. still works. It's not like they're dead characters. It's just that there's not a whole lot of life that, that I don't know. Sometimes in movies you need to see people enjoying life a little bit to understand what's at stake. And in this movie, yeah. right from the beginning, it's just a weird, it's a weird scene. You know what I mean? The whole, what's For going sure. on in the house is already weird, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I like the way that it, uh, it kept adding little, what you were talking about, Ronald, it just kept adding little wrinkles to the, to the, the way we were seeing this story. And then just new visions of, you know, scenes you'd seen one way that you got to see from another point of view. That'll always yeah. be a little bit interesting. You know what I mean? That, <clears throat> so it, it, it's it's got a lot of like there was a moment where you know uh i think it's even in the trailer but the like the sequence like where the tv keeps turning on yeah mm -hmm. you know like that stuff is really really pretty creative because like yeah. you know there, there's a there's a feeling that a moviegoer has when you start seeing something like that happen the way that helen hunt's character is seeing it in the initial yeah. scene and you know and then it kind of puts you on a track of like what's going on in this house or in this yeah. movie or, you know, so I, I, I do like that kind of like misdirect. Uh, and I do think it kind of, and it really works. I think when you get to the point that you see the other perspectives of what is actually happening, which is just as creepy. And, you know, it's just yeah. also like, it's also scary. But right, it doesn't um, answer the question or diffuse the threat just because you know what's going exactly. on. Now. But there exactly. are a couple of really well staged, like, somebody steps up into the background of a shot or shows yeah. up at the end of a hallway. Blocking There's a couple up, yeah. of those moments that are just really well blocked, well shot to make me, you you were kind of referring a little bit, Ronald, to like the little heebie-jeebie moments you get from a yeah. movie like this. There were a couple of really good, like where you just tense up a little bit and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, th that's that whole thing. It reminds me of that shot in The Strangers of like oh my God. somebody in the background comes out that the, that the character doesn't see, but we see. Yes. And that lingers with us for so long of like, that that presence is now like kind of deciding what its next move is. It's not this unthinking presence. It's yeah. it's got an agenda, and uh, yeah, there's some really interesting scenes that come from that in this movie of like the the cross between the world we're watching at the beginning of the movie and then the world we're introduced to. You know, halfway. for sure. And, and yeah, no, Antique is a definite standout. I was going to mention him for sure, but also he looked so young in this that I went back and looked, and I was like, oh, okay, so it did come out a few years ago, which means like maybe it was even shot a couple of years before that. So like, yeah. it makes sense that he looks like he 
is younger than when <laughs> I know him from. You know what I mean? Or maybe he yeah. was around this age. But if there's something about this movie, maybe there's just some a lot of stuff just on his face. But you're right about the Adam Driver comp or some. I mean, there there are so, he's an intensity to him that is engaging. And I thought the um, actress that he was with was really good too. Uh, yeah, what's her name? What her name was? Mm-hmm. Jackie? No, that's Helen Hunt's character. Uh, oh well, it's strange that I'm not seeing. Is she Mindy? I guess she might be Mindy. Yes, Mindy. That was her. I don't know why that name didn't stick to her in my mind, <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like she was one of those you get the kind of final girl vibes from her. And so I think the movie plays with that concept uh, pretty well of like what yeah, you know. And Teague's got a, he's got a fun little, uh, we, we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but uh, the empty man, he's also in that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So he's got like, he's got a fun little horror thriller kind of run going between mm-hmm. that, the it movies, this, uh, I don't know. I like him. Definitely like that guy. All right. Uh, I see you on Netflix uh it may pop in and out of the top 10 if you scroll through but uh you can find it there if you want to check it out uh who's up who's who's next i believe it's me now yeah john right yeah um so this is a movie that i'll there's two reasons maybe to get into it one is i just think there's a fun category we you referred to it one time steve of like a movie that on this show you know you pretended to have seen or indicated (laughs) you'd seen but just to keep a conversation going or referred to as though you'd seen we we all done it accidentally i think and sometimes you do it just kind of like implicitly you don't mention you haven't seen a movie but like uh, so there's movies that you feel like you should have seen and maybe feel like have i indicated i've seen this movie you think i would have seen this movie so there's a movie that I never saw, and it's re- it's related to an upcoming release that that we're all going to see, and we're going to talk about on this. So it's a it's a favorite filmmaker of this podcast, and it's a movie that I haven't seen. And it feels like a good one to watch before this next movie because it's kind of like a a, a flip side of that. This is a movie that um, oh wow a, a, a critical response to it was sort of mixed. You know, it's one of those things where it's like it's mixed, but it's like some people really liked and some people didn't. But everybody sort of had some negative things to say about 2010's Super, directed by our friend James Gunn. So this is a movie that I have not seen. And again, I feel like I knew all about it from the way people talked about it. And it didn't seem like it was 100 percent my flavor. But um, uh, I decided why not watch it before we get to see the, the, you know, the current uh, blockbuster movie. sort of uh empire maker yeah. <laughs> uh world builder james gunn you know this was like you know maybe you could have guessed he would have gotten to do a superhero movie but this feels mm. like a movie that would be made by someone who wasn't trying to get hired by disney um this is the james gunn who tweeted all that shit that got him in trouble <laughs> yeah so i think it's kind of an interesting thing and also i like the cast um and uh yeah i also think it represents for for the lead rain wilson this was around the time when him doing a movie felt like oh are we about to see him kind of jump from, from yeah. television screens to movie screens and be like a major comedy star and it's interesting he never really has he's never like sucked yeah, yeah, in something but he's never really been that guy even for like the kind of fun i mean even the way that someone like jesse plemons has like managed to become like a guy who yeah. you think of in in comedic terms you know he hasn't quite just baby face well i just mean like jesse plemons is like gets to do comedies and gets yeah. to do seasons he's... of fargo and stuff and rain wilson it feels like hasn't really had that that second second role that is you know you really associate with him so anyway that's so super crazy that's so yeah you're right like i 
which is 13 years ago. You know, that's another crazy wow. thing. Four years before he would do stuff for uh, Marvel. So, wow. Cool. This is uh, looking it up real quick, just for anybody wanting to watch along. If you're looking for uh, a way to watch this for free streaming, it is both on Tubi and Tubi has uh, everything and Canopy. Canopy is a great service that you can get through your local library system um, and tons of free movies and television are on it. And Super is one of the free movies. It's really cool. But yeah, it looks, I mean, it looks like Tubi has it for free as well. I'm not, I can't 100% verify that, but it, it's coming up as a free stream. So, yeah. wow. as well as uh, Canopy. And I, you know, it's on it, the man. VOD services too. You can rent it for three bucks on Apple or VOD anywhere else. Cool. But uh, yeah, I remember seeing this when it came out, but I, I haven't seen it since then. So, I'm, I'm excited to watch it again. I just it remember like blood. It would get t- oh, what were you about to say? I just remember blood. I don't remember anything else. I just remember blood being in the movie. <laughs> And rain running. <laughs> that is that is accurate. There's definitely yeah. both of those things. I feel like my mental image of what might be in it overlaps a little bit with Kick-Ass of just here's yes. a guy who goes out to be a superhero and gets his face beaten in. You know, like that notion. Yeah. And maybe that's a reason why this movie hasn't come up as much in conversations is because Kick-Ass was the sort of more more down the middle version of, of a similar thing. But um, right. <clears throat> no, I'm looking forward to checking it out. There we go. All right. So let's uh, go on to next topic for the episode, which is uh, this recap or just overall feelings uh, for the newest season of The Mandalorian. Uh, season season three of The Mandalorian. It's crazy that it's like three seasons of the show already. You just went through the whole. He just, had, he just had those all bottled up, waiting <laughs> yeah. to go through it. It's a trap. You forgot it's a trap. <laughs> oh wait, wait. No, one of my best yes. ones. One of my best no. ones. Yes. There you go. You got to do the breathe, the Darth Vader breath. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't even hear anything. Didn't hear Maybe anything. the mic didn't pick it up. Maybe yeah, uh, I don't think it picked it up. Zoom probably like, has some filter. That, it's like if it sounds like you're having like some kind of right. event, respiratory <laughs> event, they they, they filter it out. <laughs> That's crazy. They just got it out of here. It's like, don't. Oh, what and, if and there's it, like a George Lucas copyright? It's just like, do not use. <laughs> right. it, fil- it filters it out on Zoom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> don't do it. That's insane. So how did you guys feel about Mandalorian overall? I mean, it's it's I'll a little it. bit. I'll just. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the, that's your general feeling about the season on average is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I feel so. like the, I, th- I think there are moments that look really fun and cool. And mm. the best thing Star Wars still does is that shot of somebody like like a, a Mandalorian, like blasting on their jetpack out of one ship into another ship and the ships going through the clouds like they, they still have these well-designed sequences and they still have yeah. these moments where the you can tell they really tried to go into like. Okay, what what's the atmosphere like in this place and what's happening? There's something interesting going on with the lighting. I mean, they do that stuff still pretty well and like visualizing certain things and then other things are just so on that show anyway are just so like i don't know like underwritten or written for feels like it's more kid oriented or something like whatever it was i liked so much about andor that uh, got so fully invested in i really i really feel like that 
that writing level was missed yeah. in this. But I, I'm not going to be an asshole who pretends I'm not overjoyed to see fun yeah. moments with Grogu being, you know, being cute or being a badass. And I really think the best moments on the show are still those sort of swashbuckling adventure moments. Yeah. Um, and even the sh moments where the show lets itself be kind of silly. I was not very invested in the sort of who will lead the Mandalorians and who will unite all the different groups. That That stuff was very abstract to me even if yeah. the imagery occasionally would still get me going in that star warsy sense like occasionally seeing a bunch of mandalorians blast off together would be kind of stirring but i don't really care about like which rule book they're living by or <laughs> whatever if, so if i don't have on. to see any more jetpack blast offs i think i'll be yeah. good yeah so well, hold, i mean they definitely have I, I made that I, I not I, I seem special yeah, yeah right john you're telling me you did not bathe in the waters of Mandalore. <laughs> you, Ronald, the, those uh, those the waters have long been extinguished. They don't exist anymore. You're just listening to the old myths. But that is not the way. <laughs> that is not the way. <clears throat> yeah. So it, yeah, I I think you're right. Like it is it is very abstract, and the problem with that is, you know, here's here's why the Disney stuff bothers me so bad. When, when they have their backs against the wall and they're trying to prove themselves, i.e., uh, WandaVision, which was the first, you know, and then Mandalorian first season, which was the first of its kind for, for Disney Plus, like you know, it it felt scrappy. It felt like it was trying to like really shake shit up, and so it, there's like a comfort that they get where they're like, you know us, you know our characters. You know, Grogu does it, and it feel you can feel it through the writing. It feels less trying to earn. I think one of the things that Disney should should take from this last like two years is you have to earn our attention. You have to. I mean, I've been hearing that the the, the ratings aren't the best for Mandalorian this season. Yeah, um, and that's a testament. Um, you know, just earning people's attention each week is is very important even if you wind up doing something crazy like atlanta like you know you have people they have people talking every week even if they were like i hate this season you know what was crazy when this person showed up it's just like I, i'm feeling like I, I i got a little whenever i'd mention it to anybody they just shrug their shoulders they just go, or at oh, the very man. least people watch it displaced they're not watching it when the day it come, <clears throat> comes comes out Hundred percent. They're going to catch up with it. They're, they might even enjoy it, but yeah. it's not. It's not the same appointment that no. that that it was no. when it first started. And I would even say that in certain ways the show's gotten better from the first season, and in some ways the show has, as you said, sort of lost. It's just the notion of like, who's this for? Who's like, who will unite the the Star Wars fans at this point? <laughs> That's mm -hmm. a more interesting question. And I don't necessarily need to be in the majority. And I also think that that's one of the things about Star Wars now. It has now settled into this groove where just like I don't feel like I have to watch all the animated shows they've made in order to follow the, what's going on. I don't really think I have to watch all the live action shows either. I don't know when I would jump off. I, at this point, I haven't seen one that I wouldn't try. But yeah. this whole notion of it being, you know, part of what makes it special, um, I think the show only hit that mark about half the time like in overall production value storytelling characters i actually give a shit about i actually at this point do like the the, the crew on that show exactly. you know i mean so there's a little bit of involvement with that but outside of that i don't know it just felt very um like i think it was a i mean people will differ i think it was a mistake to decentralize 
uh, Grogu and Din Djarin this season and make them a little bit more like part of an ensemble uh, when the strength of the show is the sort of fun, almost like episode, like story of the week kind of thing. Like yeah. in the first season, that's one of the things that made it feel kind of fun. This overarch overarching plot line that's trying to connect to all these other things. It becomes interesting to me that they're trying to set up some of the stuff with like the first order and all that. Like I, I'm interested in the notion that like the cloning on the evil side is now something that's part of the plot that led to the sequel trilogy. Some of that stuff is kind of fun, but it doesn't really feel like they're doing anything with it except for, the usual star Wars thing of kind of throwing in Easter eggs and ticking boxes. And, um, yeah. and I feel like there's a lot that's lost on me because I didn't watch all the clone wars episodes. Like I feel like, uh, uh, the character of Bo-Katan was something that appeared on rebels and all those other places. And so people were always talking about her and saying, Oh, if you really understand the character and it's like, well, the show hasn't given me that. So now I have to go watch a cartoon and that's my bad that I didn't. But at the same time, I, I feel like that's a little bit less engaging than what they were doing with this show originally but they still get me going with like when it's at its best it still feels like star wars and there is still some part of me that you know appreciates that that magic um yeah i don't know something i don't know something's definitely there's a disturbance uh across the board <laughs> i think 100%. before we get into the overall state of star wars i just feel like in general with the mandalorian i think like the fact that i think the best like season three episode was in the first season of Bo book of boba fett Yes. Is that like, you know, that's a problem for this, this yes. show. And I think totally that, it, that it took this entire season to tell a different story and to get to the last episode before we really kind of get a, a, a bit of a tease that the two are going to kind of get back on that track of what John described as like these adventures of the two of them going out and about and having these you know, one-off things every episode, which is what made the first season and, and the most part of the second season so wildly successful, you know, critically, social media, like all, everything just was firing on all cylinders. And it just seems like Ronald said, like, it's, it, there's no doubt this season in terms of ratings, in terms of viewership um, and social engagement, you know, on social media, things like that. Um, it's way down for, you know, this season of The Mandalorian. And I think it really does suffer, you know, for what to what John said, like really kind of putting you know, Jin and and Grogu like as a backseat to this larger story. Almost like this this season is like serving a purpose to like a backdoor entry into another show that's yep. gonna come out. Or like and, if Pedro Pascal left, this right. would be how they kept this show going. And exactly. it's like by a technicality, it's not called Dinjarin, it's called the Mandalorian. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like it, again, yeah. like it wasn't any kind of like it wasn't kind of any like a chore to watch this. Like I still enjoyed a, uh, you know, good, a good part of this season, but just, you know, I do feel like it's kind of still doing the thing where it's just checking these boxes and it kind of just feels like spinning wheels a lot to me. Yeah. And, you know, things going, things being gone, gone over multiple, multiple times and like retreads. And, you know, I think it's kind of wearing thin and yeah. I think that they really need to figure out, you know, I think they really need to figure out what makes the show work better than it did this season, which I think is this idea of the two of them on this adventure, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, whether it's seeking out these Imperial, you know, companies that, you know, you kind of get the impression that they're going to do at the end of this season. Yeah. But, you know, you want to see that because let them cross paths with things along that journey instead of like this whole season being about, pulling these Mandalorians back together so that, you know, 
I don't know, like that the, the the big bad from last season who's still there is there for like what amounts to one episode. Right. And, you know, is then pretty not easily dispatched, but is well, then they did their best to give that character like a good episode, but not just, n- not like a presence so, th- throughout yeah. the season, really, outside of his name coming up a few times, you know, like it felt yeah. very. And also, and, I think and, that the interesting thing of like, how did the f- Empire become the First Order w- later? You know, like I like that idea of showing sure. us little bits and pieces sure. of that. But it's it feels like they do. You're right, Steve. They talk about it so much more than they show us this stuff. Right. And then when they show right. us stuff, it's clear they have the power to show us stuff. It's like, so why aren't you just giving us a little bit more actual story and less characters in caves with masks right. on where we can't even see their right. damn faces? Yeah. Ever like we don't see like Steve, uh, no no spoiler, Ronald. You don't see Pedro Pascal's face once this season. I'm right. Oh Steve, wow! Right? Like, yeah. Like yeah. And also, I will say this: there is a point uh, in in the finale where they make a big deal out of Dinjarin adopting Grogu as his son, and I was like, did he not already? Did we not already think that was <laughs> the what case, was happening? Yeah. It just didn't feel like a thing. Okay, but I wanted to get at this, Steve, before we move on because this is kind of a sign of maybe where they're going next, which we'll, we're about to talk about. Um. Do you think including that in Boba Fett season, uh, whatever, uh, Book of Boba Fett, somewhere in the middle of the season, including the uh, basically three episodes of that show, that or two at least, that should have been yeah. episodes of this show, do you right. think that was, there, supposedly there was internal disagreement. I don't know which side John Favreau was on versus Kathleen Kennedy, but there was disingru- disagreement about saving that for the third season of Mandalorian or giving it to people so they oh, didn't man. have to wait as long. And I think that original Star Wars, one of the things that gave it strength was that we spent three years... Or yeah. when I, if you were a kid, you spent three years thinking Han Solo might be dead yeah. and going, right. what, right. Darth Vader is Luke's father? Are right. you kidding me? Did you, did, I was sitting there at seven going like, yeah. wait, wait, did anyone else fucking hear that? <laughs> <laughs> but like, you spent three years in that and they let yeah. you spend that time in that. And now like they could have had like a year and a half, two years of people wanting to see those characters together. They yeah. didn't, was that insecurity? Do you think they Absolutely. put that in the middle of that show? Yeah. I mean, Dude. cause that, that's a bad place to tell these stories from is like insecurity yeah. about what the audience is going to go for, because it did yeah. short, short circuit this season. This season feels like it should have started like if you didn't want to watch boba fett and you watch mandalorian what do you think happened season two ended and you're like oh man and then season three begins and it's like what oh i guess i need to go watch another show real quick to see to see why they're together to see what happened it does feel just haphazard you know i think there's a different and difference in ideology between companies so i i mean this is not a quality thing take for example hbo right they come out with a season or whatever the, the the next season or something is whenever they want to do it versus trying to while mm-hmm. Disney is trying to keep up with the culture, HBO kind of makes the culture. They they've created the culture. Like whenever it comes out, that's the moment. Oh, you mean you know, HBO, that, like the one that's part of Max? I just was yeah, wondering because yeah. I hadn't heard of this HBO before. HBO, but Max, I know as a Max, brand. HBO. HBO. Yeah. H- HBO. H- HBO. <laughs> Espanol. Uh, but but yeah, I just mean like Yeah, I know the, what you're saying. The it's culture true, yeah. is created around when the show comes out, not a kid tweeting that they can't wait for a show to come out. It just doesn't that stuff doesn't matter. Like although it feels like it, but that's the thing. Things feel like they matter sometimes, like rushing things and oh, we have to have something every year. Or you could have people kind of stew in it and they will go right. when it comes out in in the quality that you want it to be in with 
everything in place the way you want it to be. It's a little different now, though, like to acknowledge that it's a different landscape, like to compare, you know, like what John was saying or even, you know, something five, six, seven years ago. It's a little yeah. it's it's very different now because, you know, of the competition in the landscape, whether it's the streaming or theatrical and, you know, yeah. like the the focus of viewers and the attention span of viewers is so different and so and limited parts and so and fragmented. everything else, too, that's mm -hmm. like, attached yeah, to it's it. it's just it's just so broken at this point that I think everybody is desperate to kind of keep eyes on, you know, don't look over there, look over here, you know? So right. I think that's really what they're suffering from. But I think the bigger problem for Disney and for, for Lucasfilms and, you know, Star Wars as a brand is I think they're kind of in a corner. They're backed into a corner they are. and they're trying anything and everything to kind of get back onto some sort of level of what Star Wars was Yeah, really when, you know, seven came out you know like you you know that 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 year before and year after was like a, a swell you know where they yeah. capitalized successfully in every quadrant they could for the for the franchise mm. and i think ever since then it's it's they've just been been battling to get back and in the moment that they get mandalorian a huge huge hit on a new streaming service for the parent company you know, it's like, okay, well, how do we leverage this into making people love this? And this is what Star Wars is right now. And I think they've already kind of diluted it so much. It's weird that they even have a series, like back to John's question about Boba Fett. It's like, I don't understand why that was ever even a series, you know, because the things that people remember about that season is this is the section of it where Mandalorian, where Mando and Grogu were a part of the story. And that's or, their cut or on or the at character. Best. The, the part where Boba Fett gets rescued from this, like, how did he survive? They tell that story, but then the sand yeah. people, I but, feel like that sounds like a slur, the Tuscan Raiders <laughs> that he comes into contact with, like, they don't even matter. Like, that's over in, like, part yeah. of his origin story. So there's no overhanging storyline. There's nothing to care about. And then he turns out to be the nicest guy ever. And it's like, what? That's not, <laughs> Boba Fett's not supposed right, to be, that's like, that the nicest service guy that, like, ever. Ronald's talking about. It's like somebody's like, oh, we always want to know what this was. And, like, yeah. you know, and and I think that always kind of like that again, that was kind of like a crescendo, you know, social media and just like the cultural like backlash to Star Wars, you know, Started. basically seven and eight, not, you know, when that all yeah. was going down. Yeah. And it's like, well, what do people want? What do people want from Star Wars? Oh, well, people yeah. want to know Boba Fett. Where's he at? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was maybe the wrong decision. How nice maybe is not he? so maybe <clears throat> not so much in to include him somewhere in this story. Or if it's if at all possible, just so, you know, to kind of have a cool factor. But again, it's like making an entire series on that was, I think, a huge mistake. And I think it made this season of Mandalorian suffer because of it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think they know that very, very clearly. Um, especially when you look at what they're talking about with, you know, what's coming, you know, with uh, Star Wars, like after you know the Star Wars celebration event that happened a couple weeks ago. It's just you know. I think they've realized better, may, maybe hopefully realized better ways to kind of tie this Mandalorian universe around and make it make it more efficient and but let it be its own thing that people can like really love still, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. not make it the fulcrum that has to, you know, introduce every character that gets their own series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, um, it's weird, man. Like, I, I really feel like I don't feel because it's a you know, multi-billion, whatever, right. but like. It's like it is a it's a beloved property and, you know, amongst all of us on this podcast and so many people, it's like, 
how do they write this ship and be consistent with it? Yeah. And, you know, we'll see in the next, you know, three years based on what they announce. And, uh, you know, we can get into that now. But I mean, if, yeah, I wanted to talk about the movies they announced helps, because yeah. I feel like the three movies they announced all feel like optimistic if they've got like if they're doing what they should have done before, which is right. get a project together. Yeah. uh get get a director get a writer get a story get a thing going get it get something good i mean they've kind of done that with these shows it's just that we've had differing opinions about what they actually made with it like andor sure. to me is still the best uh mandalorian season one might be the next best thing they did um there's probably then mandalorian's fairly consistent i mean you know the up and upcoming they've got the ahsoka show which to me looks like it's got some cool stuff in it but i also know that i'm not going to be invested in those characters because i didn't watch the clone wars cartoon watch the clone wars, as man. much as i should Neither but i mean I'll, i might watch a few key episodes people are out there telling you what you need to do to to know these characters so that looks kind of fun and i don't mind kind of what you said a second ago steve i don't mind if some of this stuff comes out and it's like oh this is for people who love that universe like yeah, the, yeah. it seems like between mandalorian and Bo book of boba fett and Ahsoka coming up, they're kind of hashing out this part of the timeline that is part of this thing that will lead to one of the three movies they announced, which is Dave Filoni, the longtime guy working in animation, who's kind of been John Favreau's right-hand guy on uh, Mandalorian in the last couple of seasons. Um, he's going to write and direct a movie that's supposedly going to sort of be set in that realm. And it's supposed to be like the movie. I, I mean, again, I'm interested to see if they have a movie's budget and a movie level of development going into that it'd be kind of interesting to see some of these characters put into that type of story especially if it does feel like it's a little pocket of the storyline that's going to have a resolution to it or some kind of crescendo i could see that being yeah. a, a worthwhile thing to do and it feels like a thing to do like it but it also feels like if you're really going to do it do it tell the story tie some things up do some things don't just keep sustaining this kind of you know fodder for more uh subscribers or whatever um then one of the other projects they announced is uh really promising to me um it's james mangold's uh you know he says he wanted to make a, a like a biblical epic uh but set in the star wars world that's like a religious tale of you know the discovery of the force and and like how did people react to it when they first came into contact with it and i think james mangold being the guy making it right now that has me really interested in it because sure. yeah um you know until we see uh indiana jones and the dial of destiny and it if it's disappointing then maybe i'll be like oh maybe he's not the guy <laughs> but i feel like after logan and just liking some of the other stuff he's done and his attitude about things i'm that to me sounds interesting because it feels totally different from anything that we've gotten before um yeah and then i'll just mention the third one before i get your guys opinions on all this uh the third one is you know bringing back daisy ridley to do sort of a step forward and i think one of the best things they could do to make that trilogy seem like it was it had some purpose to it is get somebody in now to do like a real story with some of those characters that we feel like didn't get a chance to to do much you know like you've even heard in the press john boyega kind of softening a little bit towards his time on star wars which makes me think maybe they would try to get <laughs> john boyega and oscar yeah. Isaac. i mean just get get some of those actors involved and get them like again a real or if they've got a real story assuming they've really got an idea i think it's smart to say that story didn't just because there's no skywalkers anymore uh except for that whole thing with her name but let's not get into that um the idea that they would move forward and have story that isn't hemmed in by all these other things that came before feels to me like a smart move so all three of those sound like they could be good movies they all feel like real movies you know they sound like an idea for something that could be real and different so i'm optimistic but i think the james gold james mangold one is the one that i'm the most intrigued by just because it feels so different and it could be i have no idea what that even means when he's describing <laughs> a biblical epic set in the star wars yeah. uh world 
world. So, you know, but it feels like at least they're doing what you said, Steve, is they're announcing projects. They're not just trying to put something on the calendar every every December. Um, so yeah, what yeah. do you guys think of the the future of Star Wars based on those things? And also what would be your if there is another project I didn't mention that I know the Acolyte is a pretty interesting sounding series that's coming up. Uh but um yeah, what what, what is there anything you are particularly excited about? And if not, like what is the thing you're the most excited about in the whole in the whole batch of Star Wars announcements? Ahsoka for me. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. everything else just feels like a toss up, honestly. I, Until you know more. Yeah. Or will it actually go into production at this point? I mean, like, not to be an asshole. I mean, I'm just saying, like, based on what happened the last couple of years with Kathleen Kennedy kind of switching stuff up. Like, I thought that there were there were several. I'd, there was like the fighter pilot. Yeah, the Rogue Squadron one that Patty Jenkins Rogue was Squadron? supposed to do. Yeah, Patty yeah. Jenkins. Tiger's Tiger's apparently still doing his. Yeah. Okay. You know, but which, I guess with, with I, no details on it. Pretty like sure that were... Damon Lindelof is not any longer doing yeah. something for them. I think the one that he was working on would have been the Ray, uh, the future of the Jedi kind of story that they're doing with her. So you know, I I guess I'm kind of taking this information with a grain of salt just because of everything got rearranged the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Ahsoka movie and or show. like our oh, show. Yeah. Show. Sorry. And um, I'm a fan of Ray. So I'm bringing her on the religious epic. I didn't even hear about like, I didn't, I, that sounds insanely good to me. Like the idea of kind of talking about where the force comes from. What if it, what if it's just <laughs> just the Bible story? That what if it's so totally funny. just people in robes out in the I, desert? I, I feel like they need to tread tread carefully on how they talk yeah. about that yes. movie. It's, like I don't know, I don't like, know that I don't know if him being like I want to make a Ten Commandments Star Wars movie, yeah, is necessarily the uh, <laughs> the headline that they want. I want I want to see what that's about. It's that it sounds so interesting. Yeah, so. I love I love Mangold, so I'm definitely I guess of the three movies, I mean, just his involvement probably is the most interesting to me. Mm-hmm. For, for that, I mean, I do really like Daisy Ridley as Ray, and I really feel like they didn't do that character justice, you know. So among many others in that trilogy, but uh, so that would be interesting. But but by far for me, the one that is the most interesting that I'm the most excited for is the uh, the Skeleton Crew series. Okay, um, which, which is yeah, Jude Law, Carrie Condon. Um, but I mean, really, it's like, you know, there's there's a couple of s- things about it that really kind of just speak to me. And that's just this idea that's how they keep talking about it being like an Amblin-esque type of series. You know, this idea of like a bunch of younger characters, you know, with some sort of leadership character. You know, going on an adventure. You know, in like the Star Goonies Wars in space universe. or something. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, I'm done. You're, I'm in. That's what I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, especially just to kind of get, maybe not so get away from like, uh, all the Skywalker, the Force. You know, not to get away from all that. Like, but just something different. Like, just like kind of Andor. Even though that's happening, you know, just before the film that we saw. You know, I I loved how it didn't have so much reliance on a lot of those buzzwords that we hear constantly in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And it made me really care about so many other things in that world that I've never even heard of before, yeah. you know, which is, I think, a huge it's that's a huge success for it. But but the other thing that's just crazy about the show is just the lineup of the directors that are going to that they announced that are directing uh, sharing directing duties for the eight episodes of the series. 
And just to go down the list, so it's you John Watts. Some in, and some of the things we know him from, obviously. Yeah, too. so John Watts, who most people would know from like the Spider, the Marvel Spider-Man uh, series. He did the, you know, No Way Home or Homecoming, No Way Home or Far From Home, No Way Home. Um, and uh, Great, great movie titles. No one ever confuses them. Everyone always remembers them perfectly. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the order of them. Yeah. Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home. And Homie Don't um, Play That. Yeah, you, yeah, you're talking billion dollar yeah, stuff. But uh, yeah, so this was like his next big thing post that. Um, so I think he's, uh, I don't, I think he's involved beyond just being a director of one or more of the episodes. I think he may be a part of the production team, but, um, David Lowry is one of the directors who, mm. you know, he's somebody we've talked about a lot on the podcast. Most recently, uh, we, we all absolutely loved the green Knight, and, uh, you know, he did the Pete's dragon live action remake. He did the old man and the gun, which is great. The ghost story. Um, Ghost Story. Um, I think or he's got a Ghost Story. What was the name of that? A go- oh. Yeah, Ghost Story. Um, I feel like there's five movies with a name that's either a Ghost Story, the Ghost Story, Ghost. And story. I haven't seen yeah. it yet, but he's he's he he did that new uh, Peter and Wendy movie yeah. that's going to. I can't Disney wait to Plus. see that. I think this week or next week. Um, that's going so to yeah, straight he, to streaming. You said right? Yeah, it's Disney yeah. Plus. Correct. Um, and then you have the Daniels who just won an Oscar uh, for Everything Everywhere All at Once doing an episode, which is insane. Um, Jake, Jake Schreier, who we mentioned off uh, mic earlier, um, most recently is one of the showrunners and directed, I think, six of the episodes of the new Netflix series Beef. Mm. If you've watched that, I mean, he's one of the directors here, as is Lee Isaac Chung, who also is a part of that series and did uh, Minari, which was an Oscar nominated film a few years back. And then the last director they announced is somebody who's been in the Star Wars uh, show universe uh since it kind of launched with the Mandalorian, but uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is going to be doing uh, one or more of the episodes here. I just love that mix. No, it's of, a great mix. Of filmmakers, um, very unique filmmakers, different kinds, different genres, different voices. Um, so yeah, everything about that just makes it like, okay, this is the most interesting thing that I think I've heard for me in terms of what I want to get out of Star Wars going forward. And um, yeah, the, the tagline is it follows the journey of four kids who make a mysterious discovery on their seemingly safe home planet that then get lost in a strange and dangerous galaxy, finding their way home and meeting unlikely allies and enemies will be a greater mm-hmm. adventure than they ever imagined. And okay, do you know so, what yes. era of star Wars it's set in? Does it say, um, what era? I don't know. Take place in the new Republic era. Okay. Uh, same timeline as Mandalorian yeah. and Asaka. Okay. It's so part of that kids lost in space. Wow. No, yeah, it, I know. it just sounds really cool. When you mention know. those and, directors, especially, it's like yeah. it's it's and, cool. And I love Jude Law. So I mean yeah. I, I I'm excited to see him in Star Wars. Um and Carrie Condon, yeah, she just was nominated for an Oscar. So I mean I, yeah. I'd love to see more of her. So and she's fantastic, yeah. So. She's great. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm excited for and I don't know what, what was the I don't know if that's is Osaka the next one? No, so that's uh in August, I believe. So I believe August, that has to be okay. the next one, yeah. And then Skeleton Crew is in Okay, so probably after that, I guess it looks like it says 2023. So I'm assuming probably after that. The one thing I would add, Ronald, though, is you mentioned that thing about are these projects really going to happen? I I, I, I totally 100% agree with that because they've announced so many things that haven't happened before. But I feel like this with the recent period of like waning interest, these projects being announced ahead of Taika Waititi, who's like still supposedly working on one that just doesn't have a firm you know plan yet. Like to me, this announcement felt like them saying, 
this is what we're really making. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's cut the crap. Now, there might still be bumps in the road, but they're not tr- the fact that they're not trying to meet so many like immediate points on the calendar. I think like the next one is the James Mangold one, right? And that's what Christmas of 24 or something or 25. It's it's a long way off anyway. They've got plenty of time for these movies to fall apart, <laughs> but also plenty of time for them to just slowly get finished if there is a um you know, like if if they've if these movies are already pretty far along in development, which is not always the case when they announce a ton of projects at once, that they're all far along in development. So I think that's one thing. And I don't know if you know, Steve, but I know I've heard that that these th- these movies that were announced are the ones that are actually like there's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. been a lot of work already done on them. They haven't been talking yes. about what's happening under the hood at Star Wars for a long time because of this almost anxiety over what to do next. And um, yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe in a few years, we'll be talking about how cool these all were, or maybe we'll be, you know, Star Wars will continue to feel slightly less special. <clears throat> and then, yeah, the one that Lindelof was working on, that's still happening. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it says it's still happening, directed by, uh, what is it? The, uh, the woman who did uh, Ms. Marvel. Um, okay. Charmaine, what's her last name? I can't remember. Um but I don't know who's taking over the writing of that. I mean, I know they handed in their script, but I don't know what, how much it's going to change. But Well, he was very cryptic. I don't know if you heard that. He gave some interview somewhere where he said, there's a question about whether you should be doing Star Wars if you can't do something that's really great. And we haven't answered that question yet. There was some weird thing he hmm. said about like yeah, yeah. that his project might not go. But maybe he just knows what Ronald was talking about, which is that Star Wars, there's a there's a trail of dead projects <laughs> yes man. behind That's the current truth, era yeah. of star wars but i think that has to do with announcing things prematurely um and like then having to like change the slate at least at least star wars even though they and you know firing directors on projects we know of at least two movies where they did that in the mid in the middle of the movie being made so it's like in a way that's really dire and really yeah. sloppy <clears throat> but in another way it's like well at least they are trying to do some kind of quality control they're trying yeah. to assert some kind of like vision it's just it's interesting for it to be such a producer yeah. uh executive driven your vision i i have a healthy understanding that when the public is finding out about things it's probably gone through nine or ten cycles internally it's like people act like they're getting some scoop or something like about stuff but <laughs> it, you know it, it's a for real like this is all curated information leaks are very rare in that way like any accidental set footage it's accidental set all that stuff is unless there's some sometimes you'll see like a weird one where it's like blocking why is it always in like the sharpest coolest like you're sitting right beside the person and it's like oh here's this person on set with a perfectly clear view of this outfit it's like please understand that some of this stuff is very like engineered 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 so you know and I'm I, I I'm I'm with you guys. Like I want I want there to be some uh, a positive turn for Star Wars because it represented so much. Maybe Star Trek deserves this. I feel like Star Trek deserves uh, a run too. Well, I feel like and Star I Trek has had like, a pretty man, good period recently. Yeah, of like man. on TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I need to see like a movie. But yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Their, their run on TV is getting up there, man. It's starting to feel like okay. They're doing something. They're trying something. Which They're is, trying different things and shows, yeah. even if they only last a few seasons. Like, the modern model of shows is just they don't last as long. I mean, there mm. are shows that run for season upon season, but a lot of shows, two, three seasons is a long run for a show that's like, if it costs money and it's not like a, a huge hit, 
but I like to see that even though I haven't watched all the shows, but I'm always interested when I see one of these recent Star Trek shows, you know, just footage from it and stuff. It always seems like, oh, they're doing some kind of cool stuff over there. And that's like, oh God, to actually get into that world, there's so much information. You know what I mean? There's just so much storytelling that's happened. I think Star Trek fans are a little bit more acquainted with that idea of little pockets of storytelling that may only last for a little while. Whereas Star Wars fans, there's still that desire to like, I don't know. Star Wars still still feels like it's sketching in parts of the storyline that we kind of have have already thought we already knew. Whereas with Star yeah. Trek, it seems like they've got a wider range of yeah of tones and projects. But but maybe sure. Star Wars is catching up with all the TV stuff. Yeah, we shall yeah. see. What what was the one that's um, ending now? The one that um, there's a Star Trek series that I think Picard? is coming back. Picard's no, about there. Uh, yeah. Well, that one's ending, but there's the other one that, that's coming back New for World? its fifth season. No, there's one that's coming back for its fifth oh, season. Oh, you talk about the year. one with the the Black Captain um, Discovery? Is that what that one's called? Yeah, I think it is Discovery. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one, but me uh, too. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I've watched Picard in uh, Strange New World. Strange New World is just like up that's there. the one that Michelle Yeoh was on, right? Yeah, she was on Discovery for Discovery. for part of the first season, I think. Yeah, I need and they're to doing a spinoff with her, a spinoff movie. I actually, saw that. With her. What? I saw that. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. anything that has Michelle Yeoh attached to it right yeah. now might be getting a Do little it. bit more put into it. Oh, you know? Yeah. I wonder why. Oh gosh, gosh! What did she do? <laughs> uh, she she kicks ass in several universes, Ronald. That's yeah, what. Take, that's take what. Your pick. Oh, okay, okay. So you crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, they that's, finally caught up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Um, All right. So what else have we been watching? <clears throat> I mean, we talked about it off camera, but I just wanted to mention beef. I watched that. Yeah. The first. You watched season. it, Ronald. I watched the first episode. Okay, that's I've right, been that's trying right. to take it kind of slow, Ouch. funny enough, because this is yeah. like a very close to home subject. Subject. This is like I have a I have a terrible temper, and I try to be good about it. I try yeah. to be like <laughs> like the, like road rage. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> listeners and viewers of of movie movie won't know that you berate us for at least like. 30 say, 40 you, minutes before yeah. and after every oh, taping. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, before you hit record, yeah. It yeah. Um well, I mean I honked my yeah. I honked my horn a couple times on the road today because of crazy drivers and both times it felt a little it hit a little different right. than that <laughs> horn after watching beef. Um yeah. I mean the unfortunate thing about beef is it's getting the wrong kind of press right now because oh, it, it's oh, heavily God. leaned into. I just we got to at least mention it Hell right yeah. now. Let's, David let's Cho is one of the leads on the show and he's great on the show and you might be watching the show going, "Oh, that Isaac character, that was interesting." But like this guy is kind of got you know, you can look into it, but he has said some really fucked up stuff on a podcast that he was on, or I guess maybe it was still going. I don't know when it ended, but a podcast he did for a while with a with a porn star, um, and and like a like the idea was like him and a porn star, but then I think it turned into like a panel show. Anyway, there's several clips of odious things being said by these people, and the one thing he talked about was basically admitting to and kind of bragging about uh, uh, sexually assaulting or raping. Uh, somebody and then like later he backed down from this statement and this already happened years ago that he backed down from it and said it was all a joke which is like a bad terrible kind of joke but we know people do that kind of thing i don't know my my, yeah. my impression is that it was more than just a joke and it's pretty unsettling and it's really unfortunate that the show is sort of leaned into yeah. you know introducing us to this guy I, I think even his artwork is used as the opening on the show when they show the title that like there's a different painting under the title and it's i think it's always his art so they're kind of heavily yeah. leaned into him as a talent and it's it's supposedly some of the people involved in the show that were his friends um uh, knew his history before bringing him in. So I think that's the other part that like 
people are asking for some kind of statement from some of the other leads. But I, I mean, it's such a bummer to have that part of the story be part of this story, which is otherwise a, um, uh, you know, a great piece of like uh, Asian representation. We don't normally see this kind yeah. of almost all, totally Asian cast. Uh, and also just the the story itself is really captivating. So, um, I mean, I don't know, you know, until there's like a victim coming forward, it's hard to know what the real status of that, of that terrible uh, story yeah. he told, what that is. But in terms of this show, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm glad I watched the whole show and enjoyed it before the, the David Cho story hit. So I at least got to have a clean reaction to the show. Uh, before knowing that okay maybe there's maybe there's a lot of people with some explaining to do associated with this thing <clears throat> yeah i mean i i i also watched it before i had seen anything pop up because i i didn't i wasn't familiar with who he was or anything like that until i think you maybe you mentioned it but um i don't know to speak to the show itself and i mean those involved i mean i think it's one of netflix's better shows that they've made period it's yeah. one of the it's one of their um productions through a24 um just put it out there for ronald so maybe he would smile that's his, i know that's his, but i mean you know, it feels like an a24 uh, show don't, don't you yeah, like yeah. It, i mean it, it is that I mean, it, it, yeah it absolutely is i mean we talked about before about you know the isaac chung being involved minari you know mm. a24 steven young jay Trier. like it, it's, Wong, it's so it's, good it's, in this it's just got this you know they got this universe going and the production on it's great the i mean it's just amazing performances all over like everybody involved in the show you know the episodes are only 30 minutes or so um 10 episodes so easy to watch but just a really great story just amazing performances from everybody um and honestly one of the things that really got me too is like the soundtrack for the show is just phenomenal it's just like mm -hmm. the best like 90s and early 2000s like pop alt rock music you know just just needle drops all over the place of this random and there's like pop music on the radio you know, Liquid Dreams is playing in Ali Wong's car, like classic, like <laughs> pop, pop, pop music, um, which I just thought was really fun and kind of in some ways felt really out of place in the show, you know, I guess for like where it's going. But I mean, there's even sequences where like Stephen Yun's playing, uh, <laughs> you know, guitar and singing like an Incubus song, you know, it's just like really cool uh, song choices for, for my personal taste in music. Um, so it was really kind of cool to see that. Um, but the show cool, itself, cool. I thought cool if you like that music from the radio and it's like you know you'll recognize all the songs, but also right. there's a certain kind of dark humor involved in like the church he gets involved in and the fact that he's yeah. this kind of you know kind of corny, but like you can see, I don't know, it's 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 just really well done. And it's like it's yeah. a great performance too, the way that, that ties into his character, the fact that the guy sort of you don't expect him to have this other little thing that he does but then suddenly yeah. he does but no the, yeah that's we yeah steven yun like let's talk some about these leads and ali wong like they're both people that we knew before this and we knew they could be good in their own ways i don't know if i knew what a good actress she is um he, i feel like i'd been waiting for him to have this kind of showcase but this is the first time i've really seen her do something more uh you know meaty uh, no pun intended with the show being called beef um but i i don't know how did, what did you guys think of, i mean did you already know that ali wong could could uh could hit all these notes i i really didn't know i mean i expected she might be good cuz she's a good stand up but um you know it still was kind of a like that's the revelation maybe of this series is is just how she can hold the screen so authoritatively <clears throat> i thought she was great in that rom-com she had on netflix not that see, i didn't see that kind of not that it's the same kind of movie, but I mean, there's definitely sequences in that where she kind of gets into more emotional stuff. But having seen her live too, like her stand up is it gets you know very intense. Um, 
at times, but I, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would have ever thought of her in a role like this, especially kind of where some of the sequences go. But um, I thought she was phenomenal in the show. I mean, her, yeah, her and Steven are just incredible together too. Who plays her husband, George? What's his name? Um, I just, actually, Joseph I just Lee. Yeah, Joseph Lee. Yep. He's really good. And you know who He's else great. is really good? And this is Maria Bello. She's like, oh, she's man. like pitch perfect in her, in her role. I thought. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm saying like, everybody's just so good in it. And the other girl who plays the, the neighbor, the, uh, who becomes, uh, who married or who's with Maria Bella's character. Naomi. Uh, yeah. Ashley Park. Character. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley Park. She's in that, uh, what was she in? She was in something else recently. Uh, she's going to be in that Joyride movie that like oh. was the big that was the big talk at South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that looks incredible. That yeah, it comes out in July, funny. which is like a, you know, Seth Rogen's production company produced. Apparently it's like it's apparently like hilarious R rated road comedy, like all, pretty much all Asian cast. Um, but it looks great. But yeah, seeing her pop up in this was a cool surprise because I know she's like a big part of that movie. So it seems like maybe she's going to maybe have a moment this summer, hopefully with mm -hmm. that. Um, but yeah, I thought beef was, I thought beef was incredible. I mean, I, you know, everything yep. with David show was, you know, whatever's going on with that. And obviously when, if somebody speaks up and more comes of that, that's really unfortunate and bad for the show. But I mean, and, and whoever was involved with the show that may have known that it overlooked it or anything like that. That's ridiculous. Um, but I don't know the, the thing I watched on Netflix, the show beef, I thought yeah. the show was pretty great. I liked how stylistically it reminded me of some of my favorite shows that kind of break format. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and uh, it has that, it has that season of Fargo kind of feel of just a situation that keeps spiraling out, but not always in the yeah. way that you think it's going to. Like there's a couple of moments where characters have a good turn in the middle of a story and you're like, Oh wait, well, I wonder where this story is going. And it's like, it still ends up going to the place you thought it might go in terms of intensifying. But along the way, there are several moments where the characters could get out of trouble, but there's always a misunderstanding or always a new thing. And there's always like that. Oh, this person said this to this person. And then they go off and did this thing. And now that's why they, no one can be happy is because somebody, let their set, let something slip in front of somebody that now got spread around. And it's just like, it's right. so, it's such a good, like comedy, dark comedy of like, uh, uh, you know, errors, but like, there's just <laughs> that whole thing of just, um, just every bad thing that people do to each other, getting like piled on top of each other. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, between the two leads, it's, it's really, yeah, it's really different, uh, in a lot of ways, but the, it, it's different, but it reminds me of some of my favorite things as well. So yeah, I would, I would recommend beef to anybody who, like you said, Steve, it's an easy watch. <clears throat> yeah. Very propulsive. Do you watch anything else, Ronald? You want to mention? Yeah. Ghosted? I saw Ghosted. Oh, how oh, was cool. How was that? Uh, it, I know. I saw you on the thread. You're like, it's a movie. Yeah. It's very <laughs> middle of the road. Don't expect anything special. It looks that to me. Yeah. Like, um, like I keep Chris, thinking Chris Chris Evans can't can't seem to quite nail it. Yeah. Outside he, of. He, but one thing he does do is he really pulls off like, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Whatever you, whatever she is, I'm not him. Yeah. And he, you know, despite him being, the problem is when he does have like the punch back or like the, the trip or he flips somebody by, over something by mistake, it looks too polished. It looks too like, oh, that's clearly Captain America doing a thing. You know what I mean? Like he's trying not to be a, 
He's like, oh, right, right. I can't. But yeah. I, the chemistry that they keep talking about that they have together is very sparse. It doesn't feel like it's the thing that they're like, because that's a thing during the movie. They're like, oh, the sexual tension between you guys, and they're oh, yeah, just being the trailer. Yeah, they're just being mean to it. So that's that's a that's a thing. That's like a bit throughout the movie. Everybody says it, but they're talking to each other and saying mean things to each other, and you're like, this isn't. It's not that thing that you think it is. It's not. But it's funny that they thought they were nailing that kind of no, like, man, uh, back and forth, but it's not, huh? It's not. You know what it was. You know when it was real to me though. What? Uh, this is not even the same. This is not even the same. Uh, Anna and James Bond. Oh yeah, that was real. Like that was like something about the way they were going back and forth felt very like electric, especially mm-hmm. like. In the scene with the earpiece, where they just he's just kind of going around and they're looking at it, like there's none of that. But there's a bit that they do. I kind of mentioned this in the messages that is so fucking funny. If you, it's so it's such a tired thing, but it's done so well, and it's like it goes on for way longer than it should. And if the movie was this. I would have fucking thought it was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> if it was just kind of the use of, you know, the like, the like Brooklyn Nine Nine repetition sort of stuff, like yeah, Andy Samberg, like Cool Beans, like that kind of stuff, like weird repetition that was used that I thought was really funny. <laughs> but the movie's very mediocre. Very, very. Mean. I mean, it really looked it. It really looked it to me, and it was like, yeah. what a weird thing that Chris Evans now has like another kind of mid streaming thing, you know. <laughs> and the other one, the Gray Man, was like the Russo brothers as well. And it's funny to me yeah. that like the Russo brothers seem like they can't quite catch it outside of the MCU. And their last one starred Tom uh, Holland. Tom Holland, yeah, Cherry, yeah, which was another guy who can't quite seem to catch it outside. The MCU. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the thing that's going to keep him making uh, Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And that's the thing that's going to bring Chris Evans back, I guarantee it, at some point. Is that, like, the guy's going to need to get his, like, Q rating back up. And it's like... I mean, I so, like Chris Evans a lot. I think I think he was really good in uh, Knives Out. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not knocking him. He was good in uh, Snowpiercer. Uh, he was good as Johnny Storm in the, in the very, uh, yeah. you know, potentially forgettable. I don't know how you feel about those Fantastic Four movies, but the, he wasn't the bad part of them. Um yeah. So I don't know. It's not like I don't think he's talented. I just feel like it's interesting that he can't quite seem to jumpstart this kind of career that you would expect him to be able to have of being like the, you know, maybe a little bit comic, but just a standard leading man. But he maybe doesn't have quite enough. There's not enough roughness to him or something for him to play. Like he can't just play any character. There's a very specific sort of guy that he does does well at. I don't know. I still don't know um, if Anna can carry a movie yet. I don't know if she has like the range. You know what would have been really good in that role? Let me let me swap hot swap. Let's do a hot swap. Uh, the woman that was in the Borat movie, the the new one. Oh, the Russian lady, Maria Buk- Bakalova. Yeah, she would have been a really good agent, funny agent. And I think they're trying to do this thing with Anna, where they're trying to make her like, oh, and she, and she could be funny as well. And it's just like. I, it, it felt kind of flat. So did Chris Evans, and I feel I feel real bad because it could have been. I don't know if it's their fault. I, it might be the writing. It might be this bland ass script that they were given, and that 
also it's two hours so if there were an hour and 20 minute version of this it's two, two whole hours two hours it of takes, that bit listen, that, that you take, get from the trailer 35 minutes before you get to the action of the movie it's the it's like the ghosted part that's the first mm. it's like an episode of tv it could have just been a a limited series that would have actually been better because you can break it up a little bit but this was a movie that was two hours that was supposed to be like a comedy mm. gtfoh <laughs> that's not how you spell ghosted yeah ronald <laughs> You got the branding all wrong on this one. I'm a d- dyslexic. I'm like that. <laughs> they, they, the poster, they're like, did anybody notice that you accidentally called this movie hashtag GTFOH? <laughs> oh, shit. Like, Sir, can you please, can you please escort this well, gentleman? That's the name of the movie now. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I can't say that that surprises me, but I was a little bit like, yeah, maybe this is one of those that'll surprise me in the in the experience of watching it, you know, because a lot of times those types of movies can be sort of hard to market maybe. But what you're yeah. basically saying is that that sort of mild tra- trailer is pretty yeah. indicative of the movie. So 100%. 100%. Well, what else? Anything else, guys? I just will say that I'm looking forward to when the day this podcast comes out, I will probably be in a theater watching Evil Dead Rise. I cannot wait for that yeah, movie. Hopefully we'll see it too this weekend. Yeah. yeah. We can maybe cover what's it next the, week. What's the release gonna be like for this? Because like it's a it's a what do you mean? HBO. It was supposed to come out on it HBO a, Max, right? Yeah, it was yeah, it was supposed like, to be a, a Max original. Is it gonna have a proper release like I think, is it gonna be i mean it'll it'll um, it'll it'll like, it'll be out for as long as it's making money yeah. yeah i mean just look at you know like i think they're being flexible like they're not gonna put it in writing like universal does but i think yeah, yeah. warner brothers you know they're they're gonna say oh this movie makes money we'll keep it in theaters this movie doesn't make money right. um see shazam <laughs> uh it's gonna be in theaters three weeks later or whatever or in, we getting- on, on streaming three weeks later are we getting Renfield really soon? Uh, Renfield will be out. Let's see when it came out last Friday. It'll be out next. Uh, what no? Two Tuesdays. What is it? Wow. Seven, seven, 17 days. Yeah. Because that movie bombed. It bombed, bomb, bomb, and it and it really got good reception. Like every. Yeah. Every so it'll be out. Review I've read last is- Friday. So this Friday, the following Friday. So like May, like second or third, whatever that okay. date would be. And it sounds nice too. May second, coming out May second on Peabody. <laughs> this sounds like well, Ronald. When you say it with that, those velvety <laughs> pipes, of course, it sounds good. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I wanted to see that. I didn't get to me check too, it out. Yeah, man. But I'm pretty excited one of those about things it. where I'm just gonna see it yeah. on see it on Peabody. Yeah. The only other thing I want to mention, the last thing I was going to throw out there, I think maybe John, you may have mentioned it a few weeks back. I can't remember. But I finally caught up on the new season of Perry Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that show, man. No, it's, it's such great. A, it's such a it's such a great show. Like I, I don't know anybody else watching it besides the two of us. Yeah. But like I I I can't wait for new episodes of it now that I've caught up. And I'm just like, you know, that's what happened. I caught up last weekend and then like an episode comes out Monday or Tuesday or whatever they come out. And I was like, okay, there's another one. There's another one. I just love Matthew Reese and I just think he's great in the character. I love the production looks great and 
I don't know. Everybody in that show is so good. I just, yeah, it's mm. such an easy watch. I think from the beginning, I talked about the production value being worth the watch, but yeah, it is just sure. like a world that you just enjoy dipping into because it's so like the, yeah. the details. And I read something about how they do have like different historians working on the show to oh, wow. provide storylines and make sure that details and the timing of things is correct oh, with cool. what would be that's going cool. on in the thirties. But they, but they've got like a broader storyline. I think I've mentioned Chinatown before of like yeah. that, that it, in this, like there's this whole, like it's not called Dodger stadium in the, in the show, but it's a clear analog for that. And there's a yeah. lot of idea about like the kind of, you know, different communities that were displaced and all the stuff that had to happen to bring a stadium and build one in, in the middle of, uh, you know, the city. And so, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of, uh, yeah, just really fun. It's fun to be in that world. And it's that HBO thing of like, okay, yeah, every actor is somebody so good. Like, you love to see it's either like an actor you know or a great character actor. Like um, Shea Wiggum. Shea Wiggum is great. Um, and, uh, so but yeah, I can't even quite put my finger on why Matthew Reese is so good in this. Like, there's just something about his performance that is just so it's, it's, it's pitched at such an interesting level. Like, Perry Mason, the character, we've seen detectives, we've seen lawyers. There's still something unique and kind of mysterious about this guy. And yet there is also, so he's kind of a nerd at the yeah. same time as being kind of a mystery man. You know, I don't know. There's just something really intriguing. And the, the way that he can't help himself when he's got a case, when he's got an idea. Um, I mean, we've seen that before, but I think Matthew Reese <clears throat> delivers it in a particular kind of way of like, almost like this guy has, like I said, he just can't, uh, it's like, it's a pathological thing. He can't, he can't shut his mouth. He can't, mm. you know, he can't stop. Like when, when he knows there's more to the story, he can't right. stop kind of shaking people's cages. Even if there's throughout the story, he seems like he wants to just, <laughs> just drop everything. All day. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's very, and then the character of Della, is it Julia Rylance? Is that the actress yeah. that plays? She's great too. She's like, a, it's like, there's actually a moment in the newest episode where he kind of hands her the scene that would be the big Perry Mason courtroom scene that she gets to have that moment. And it's a great moment for, for that character and that actress, I thought. So. Yeah. No, yeah, just to mention it, it's second season is going great so far. Um, yeah, anything else, guys? You good? Yeah, good story. Cool. Uh, MovieShmovie.com is the website. You can uh, check us out there and hit a link to your favorite podcast provider if you're not already subscribed. Uh, or you could listen there. Also, go to YouTube.com slash MovieShmoviePodcast. Ronald, help. Yep. Yep, that's right. Thank you. MovieShmoviePodcast. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the video version of this podcast. And if you do that, make sure you hit subscribe and hit the bell so you get notifications of new episodes as they come out. Um, we'll be back soon. I want people to hit a literal bell when they listen to our show or watch sure. our show. Yeah. Well. Hit it. If you got one, hit it. Um, we'll be back soon with a new episode. And uh, just as a reminder, John's pick for required viewing next is the James Gunn 2010 film, Super, if you want to watch along with us. Um, but as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye. Is it Arby's where they have a bell like hanging in the restaurant? Sometimes for like great service. Is that not? Oh, uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was just a thing that they did a long time ago. But I remember that they, I think it was Arby's that had like a bell hanging in the dining room. Wow. That was like, if you if you th if you were really happy with your service, you were supposed to ring it on your way out. That's funny. I think I hear a bell. I think a Taco Bell. That's all I hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
I love Taco Bell. Oh, so good. 